Welcome to Bizarre Biz Podcast. This will be our second podcast in the series. I am Bizarre Reporter. And Bizarre Nurse. Bizarre Teacher here. All right, so today we're going to get into medications. And you may not think that medications are so bizarre, but uh, I wanted to talk about some stuff. So I talked about this on a TikTok, but I really wanted to go into more detail here. So the history of medications is very interesting, and I kind of wanted to start this off with a story. So when I was a nurse in the emergency department, I had this lady come in with a cough. She had bronchitis and a chest cold, but her cough was unrelenting. So it was so hard, this cough, that it was bursting blood vessels in her eyes, and she literally could Dude, not stop. Disgusting. <laughs> wow. It was bad. Like, can you imagine? Well, and first of all, we never think of the history of medication. I had a friend that vomited so hard that he bursted his blood vessels. Oh, yeah. And he got sick and vomited. Well, actually, when you vomit or cough, we're really worried about increased intracranial pressure. It can burst vessels in your brain, actually. There you go. All right. So we needed this girl to stop coughing. So when I checked the doctor's orders, he wanted to give her morphine. So morphine falls under a category of drugs called opioid analgesics, which many people are familiar with. And the way they work is they bind to receptors in our brain that receive pain, which means that the pain signal isn't able to come through. So opioid analgesic is basically just a scientific way of saying it's an acute pain reliever. So this lady is coughing and he wants to give her morphine. And I'm like, this is totally wrong. Why would he give her a pain reliever for cough? And, you know, I was a newer nurse, so I wasn't sure. And one of the most important jobs as a nurse is to make sure your doctor isn't screwing something up. So literally, nurses are the last check and balance to your safety in healthcare. So like a good nurse, I ask him, why is he giving this medication? And he tells me that morphine has a secondary use for cough. It's actually a very good cough suppressant, come to find out. It's old timey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a little history that goes along with this. So in 1898, they used morphine a whole heck of a lot for coughs. And the problem with this, what do you think the problem was? Morphine for cough. I mean, Tell addiction. Them besides addiction. Well, addiction. <laughs> so these people. That's pe- like the main thing. Addiction. These people are falling into delirium, go figure. And they didn't know much about opioid addiction back then, so... In 1910, they invented another really great cough suppressant. Really? It was called heroin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my Lord. And we all know how that turned out. I did out. not know. Yeah. I just thought it was like made up on the street. Right. I had no idea. Yep. There was a history behind yeah, it. Yeah, and it has Stir the same. St- <laughs> Come on. Mix it up. So if you want something you're a little more familiar with, you may have taken another opioid analgesic for cough suppression called codeine. Mm. Okay, so codeine, morphine, heroin, they all have the same the same base, basically. Well, I have received morphine for a cough when I had bronchitis. So I totally knew that already. But I am wondering why it must be for super hard coughs, because what about those like those pearl things that they give you the. So Tessalon, Tessalon pearls. Yeah, so Tessalon pearls, some people find those to work really well and some don't, but they basically work a different action. So this opioid analgesic, the way it works is it shuts down receptors, basically. It fills that space. Tessalon pearls are more like right on the tissue, kind of have sort of a numbing effect. So morphine works in the brain. Exactly. It's a, wow, it that's a, really interesting. Yeah. yeah, it has a chemical component. So... 
What's up with all this bizarre addiction then? How could something as simple as a cough suppressant turn into the seventh layer of hell on earth? <laughs> Pretty much because <laughs> that's what it's become. That's exactly what it's become. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's totally everywhere. Entire towns are devastated. Right. It's it's bad. We so, even, may I add also, as a teacher, we even have professional development of how to deal with this in the school system now. Really? Oh, I'm absolutely, yeah. I'm so because happy to hear that. it is so bad. It is so bad. We're trying to somehow teach the kids without giving them too much information mm-hmm. to stay away from this. Like they always had, like, you know, drug, dare, whatever. Yeah. But this is different. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, because just different. say no did not work for, no, my, uh, at all. for my age right. group back then. Right. Actually, I remember taking just say no in elementary school, and I was like, well, what if I don't? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty I mean, much. Isn't that just human yeah. nature? Yeah, it's a big deal. It's everywhere in the education system. So to figure this out, we have to understand how pain medication actually affects the brain. So remember those receptors I was talking about? It basically fills them up so that pain can't be experienced. But you have to think about what pain is. So if you think about it, we're all in a constant state of pain. Mm. So if some type of discomfort, right? So right now you're having pain somewhere. It could be physical. It could be emotional. And those two things are connected. The world weighs on you and basically fills you up with pain and you have it somewhere all the time. Chemically, these medications fill the space pain would place itself in, in your brain. So for this reason, you experience no pain physically or emotionally. So whether it's emotional or physical, these drugs, that's why everyone, they cut it off and that's why everyone keeps doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there's, so that's why people like it. Right. Right. Your decision making would be flown off the rig. Right. So that's. Where I'm getting at is you make decisions based off of your pain. So just like, you know, you would take your hand, Mm -hmm. you would take your hand away from a hot stove. You may change your choices in life based on something, some sadness that has been brought to you, right? But if you fill the void with an opioid, then you aren't motivated to do anything about your pain at all. And we call this state of mind euphoria, which is wonderful until it isn't. Right. Oh, yeah. It's the worst when it's (laughs) gone. Right. It's the worst. You want to attain that again. I need that. Right. And this is how addiction begins. So if everyone took prescribed pain medication the way it's prescribed, we wouldn't have an opioid epidemic at all. Right. In an ideal world, you know, you would say, oh, I just need to go back to the doctor because this medication isn't working. Because your body gains a natural tolerance to abnormalities that are happening And this includes medication. So if you keep taking them, eventually it won't work. That's actually expected by the medical community. Mm -hmm. In a perfect world, you would go back to the doctor and tell them, you know, this isn't working. And, you know, they would have, you know, another solution for you. Some other type of medication usually. But people don't go back for a myriad of reasons, including, oh, hey, You know, I don't want to bother the doctor. I'm sick of going to the doctor. Or maybe you're having insurance or financial issues. There's a plethora of reasons why people won't go to a doctor. Exactly. Or don't return. But instead, you know, they just use more. And when they can't afford more, they move on to the next thing. And this is how cough medication turned into one of the worst epidemics of our time. Well, and I had never thought about this before. So basically, because of that, it's predisposed to happen. In my opinion. I mean, absolutely. 
So another thing about these medications are the side effects. So Mm -hmm. we talked about euphoria, but there are other common effects, including slowed breathing, dry mouth, constipation. Well, and I just want to say I am allergic to morphine and codeine. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me itch and everything, which is probably good for me because I can't take any of that stuff. I have to go to the next thing. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are. Well, right now we're going to take a break, so uh, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back, and we'll continue this conversation. Okay, so the other side effects of opioids are very concerning as well. We only really think about addiction a lot of the times, but if you want to hear something bizarre, let me tell you about one patient that's had one of the worst wins I've ever seen. So mind you, just for some reference, I've worked in a level one trauma center in one of the busiest cities in the United States. Um, So I go to take care of this lady and she has a line coming out of her with brownish green drainage. And it's a line that's not supposed to be with brownish green drainage. (laughs) So I'm, I'm like, where is this line coming from? I've never seen anything like this. I'm thinking if that's coming out of her onto the floor, she's got to be septic. That is not normal. That is so far from normal. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't really have One to be word. a you don't really have to be a nurse to figure out that no, that's that not normal. normal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need training for that. No. So I go looking for where this is coming out of. And I find it pretty fast because she's got an abdomen wound worse than anything I've ever seen. I mean worse than Dude. walking dead. Oh man. I mean bad. Wow. So this thing is from the bottom of her rib cage clear down to her lower abdomen. What? And it's Dude, it's lit- It's big enough for me to fit a water bottle into. Oh, no. Okay? No. So she had already been to surgery. Wait, how is she even alive? Well, I looked at it and I said, how is this person alive? Oh, Oh my gosh. I I mean, literally. And she wasn't even like in the trauma bay or anything. She had just come from surgery. No, she just come from surgery. Nothing to see here. Right. And I'm like, and she's talking to me and like. uh Did they just left her open? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, Uh that can happen, but this was bigger than anything I've ever seen. So I'm like, you know, ask it, talking to her and I'm like, how did this happen? And she says, it all started with a cat bite. Scratch Scratch fever. fever. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. So I'm like, like, I told you cats was the devil. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No offense to anyone that has cats. Also, though, on a side note, they carry parasites that cause toxoplasmosis. You know what? Plus, they smell bad. And again, no offense, but I just, I hate cats. I hate cats. I'm not. There was a whole TikTok about it. I mean, we are family members, and so this cat hate probably goes pretty deep. Well, my mother hated cats. You're um, our mother, and here we are. Yeah, so I don't understand why there are so many people that watch cat videos online. Why are there cat hoarders? All right. Oh! <laughs> they stink. I mean, it's so bad. I, and actually, in the medical community, you know, we tell pregnant women not to hang out with cats because they exactly. carry all oh, kinds of... It's a yeah. thing, man. And actually, if somebody comes in with a cat scratch or a cat bite... Cat scratch fever! Versus a dog... Bite or scratch. Yeah. 
then we are like, oh my gosh, Jumping they have a cat on. bite or scratch. Mm-hmm. Like, we know it's like going to be way worse if you get a cat bite or scratch. Yeah, you're getting an infection. Disgusting. It's bad. So, anyways, this chick has this huge abdominal wound. She's telling me it's from a cat bite. And my mouth is like on the floor, right? Because I'm thinking, is she out of her mind? Are you psychotic or delirious? How did this possibly come from a cat bite? So she explained to me how. So when she was young, she got shot. Nice. Shot? She got shot in her stomach. Okay. 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 Over domestic dispute. So um, that healed up. They got all that figured out, whatever, whatever. Then she later, 30 years later, she gets this cat bite on her arm from her cat. Okay. On her arm. Um, and it turns into a huge abscess, so they have to go in, they have to drain the cat bite. On her arm. On her arm. Okay. And they have to, you know, bandage her all up, dress the wound, all that, all right? Afterwards, they give her opioid analgesic mm. medication. Okay. All right? Here's the connection. Here's the connection. So she gets this mm. opioid medication. She gets horrible constipation from it. Mm. And because she already had scar tissue from the gunshot wound... And constipation, all right? It turns into an impaction. Mm. That impaction tears clear through her abdominal cavity. Oh, dude. How okay. do you not feel this going oh, on? Oh, she did. Oh, man. She so did. She, she was hospital. in horrible pain. Okay. But by the time they open her up, she's her intestines had died and turned gangrenous. They tore through her stomach. So it took her that long to be like, yeah, I should probably see a doctor. Oh, no, it just was quick. Because quick, because what happens is the constipation pushes on blood vessels and cuts the blood okay. supply off okay. to the intestine. Dude, so now every time I get a stomach ache, I'm gonna be totally worried. Right, Your intestines are in so now You're now have a seeping poo wound, seeping poo wound. Yeah. Oh gosh, I can't. At the length of your abdomen, and so also. Um, you know, now you're leaking poop into your abdominal cavity and oh you're going to get gosh. septic infection. And now it's on the hospital floor. And so they had to open her up to rest her intestines. So they had to cut out all that huh? dead intestine <laughs> and just keep it open. And so there was just poo flowing this into this bag. This is so Oh my gross, God. All right. <laughs> so is this woman not dead? <laughs> so this is how opioids, Dude. okay, tie in with bizarre. Because, uh, I mean, uh, seriously, how much more bizarre does totally it get? I'm totally shook right now, No! <laughs> this is a picture of opioids that nobody gives you, all right? Not just addiction. Disgusting. So, all right, and opioids aren't the only issue with medications, okay? So, we're, let's talk about antibiotic drugs. Yes, yes. So, many people know we are having a major problem with antibiotics as well because, again, um... Just as our bodies become tolerant to opioids, bacteria can become tolerant to antibiotics. So bacteria are in a constant state of change, basically evolving, okay, into being resistant to antibiotic drugs that we've created. Evolution is a thing. Yes. Tis real. Tis real. (laughs) Okay. Brilliant doctors have prescribed these medications and wonderful patients have not taken them correctly and killed the bacteria off. And now we're running around with a bunch of superbugs that are resistant to our medication. Just running them Good times, good times. Thank you so much. So not only that, but disposing of this stuff correctly is important. So what do you think happens if you flush your meds down the sink or the toilet? They're in the water supply. Mm-hmm. They're in the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're getting absorbed it's by It's seeping things. in. Yep, yep. 
So it ends it up. It becomes part of the environment. Well, exactly. Does that mean water cycle? Right. Exactly. To put it simply. Exactly. And then on top of that, we go pumping our animals full of the stuff and eating it. Right. Okay. So all the while on a microscopic level, the bacteria are learning and changing into something that can't be controlled. Learning. Learning. Hello. Hello. So it's just a mess. Well, people never really think about bacteria being a living thing. It's literally alive. Its sole purpose is to survive, period. Right. All right. Also, can we please note that there are a ton of bacteria that we rely on in order to live? Oh, true so j- not just humans, but like all living things. So right. for true. example, just one example, nitrifying bacteria, they bring nitrogen into plants so that we can obtain nitrogen because although the, like the air we're breathing is 78% nitrogen, we can't breathe it in and use it that way. We have to get it through eating. So and the only way to do that is because of bacteria. My Okay. God. Wow. So yes. Laying so it on. I'm laying it. Laying, laying the content. Laying in the content okay so anyway when the nitrogen nitrifying bacteria puts it in the plants we can eat it we can eat things that eat the plants and thus use the nitrogen to make amino acids and dna right amen so you know without them we'd be dead and gone Mm -hmm. dead Dead and gone gone. okay Uh so thank Uh you bacteria some bacteria i digress (laughs) that's true and here's the thing. If you don't think it would happen to you as far as a superbug attacking you, you should know a drug-resistant superbug kills someone every 15 minutes. Whoa. I can't even. So about three people have died since we started recording this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That's the horrible. That's why we lost two people on our line. That, the 17 to 15. <laughs> two 17 people. Hope you're all right, dude. Area, man. Two people died on the live feed. <laughs> okay. So 700,000 people a year die from antibiotic-resistant bacteria, and the numbers are rising because they're becoming more resistant. So to aid in these efforts, the CDC recently established the Antibiotic-Resistant Laboratory Network, which doesn't sound suspicious at all. At all. All right? Nothing wrong there at all. No. A network of labs across the country that test patient samples for highly resistant bacteria and track emerging antibiotic resistance. I'm sure that's their main goal. Some of these bugs have become so commonplace that you may have heard of them, such as MRSA. MRSA. Yeah. Everybody's heard of MRSA, and they're like, oh, you know, they had MRSA. I'm freaked out all the time thinking, I got it. I use way too much antibacterial right. stuff, you guys. Oh, and it's it, it's in our hand. I know, man. I'm it's just freaked out. Yep, it's in our hand soap, all that stuff. So if you can buy stuff that's not antibacterial, it's actually beneficial to you. Right. Wow. You don't need that so all the really time. we really need to change our mindset on that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So MRSA, for instance, used to be much less well-known, but causes vast issues in healthcare systems around the world now. There are many more, uh, likely more deaths than we know from bacteria because they aren't listed as a cause of death in most cases. If someone comes in with an infection to begin with, then we aren't going to blame an organism we can't see with the naked eye, and this is only making the problem worse. Well, that's very similar to what we were saying uh, in our last podcast about Lyme disease. Um, It's infecting more people than we know because of incorrect diagnoses or lack of stating the original cause of the infection. Exactly. So these numbers are probably way more higher then it's more high, more high than the CDC is actually telling us. Right. Yeah. And as if this isn't enough, these strains 
uh, can also be used as biological weapons if they were put into the wrong hands. And they have been compared to like a wildfire. Once it's out of control, there's really no way to stop it. And many times these superbugs begin in a small part of the world that's not known to anyone, and it spreads to more common parts within a short period of time. Well, when I first heard that you were going to be doing a podcast topic mm-hmm. about um, this whole thing, mm-hmm. I I did a little bit of research, and we should note that superbugs are now tracked globally, like you said, by the CDC. Mm-hmm. It's on a map, though. You can see it, like in real time. It's called Resisto Map, and it's located at resistomat.rcpm.org, mm-hmm. just in case anyone wants to check it out yeah it's really cool yeah i like that all right that's it that's it that's it it's all the information i got tonight (laughs) (laughs) all right well it's been great um i'm bizarre reporter bizarre nurse bizarre teacher thanks for having us and we'll talk to you next time